and welcome to the Golden Quarter Show. My name is Lorena Jimenez from CVTAS Post. Each week, I'll be sitting down for 15 minutes with industry leaders from the investment migration, fiduciary, and private client worlds. So join us as we hand them the mic to learn more about their industry expertise. Whether we're covering the latest developments in the Citizenship by Investment program or how best to structure their clients' assets through a Jersey Trust. If it impacts private clients, we cover it. So tune in, subscribe, and join in on the conversation. Thank you so much for joining us today uh, on the Golden Quarter Show. It's a pleasure having you on. Yeah, thank you, Lorena. It's, it's great uh, being here. Fantastic. So today we're hoping we're going to be able to cover a couple of areas in terms of crypto assets, also the taxation of them to some degree, and tie it back to how it links to the growing interest from private clients, family offices, and so forth in this very popular asset class now. So obviously, we've become aware of your profile and and you've recently co-edited a, a book on crypto taxation, which was quite interesting. So for the benefit of our listeners, perhaps if you could give us a bit of a rundown in terms of your interest in crypto assets and specifically what led you here as, as a tax lawyer. Yeah. Well, uh, how, how did I discover Bitcoin and then crypto assets? It started uh, in 2013 and I was reading a few books on, on cryptography, a very sort of niche area. And there was a particular one book by a BBC science journalist. Uh, and I was really uh, interested in, in, in the whole uh, topic. And then somehow by chance, I discovered this discovered Bitcoin, this, this new uh, cryptographically secured electronic money system. And uh, I, I dug into that, did, did research, I purchased my first Bitcoins in 2013. And at that time, I had really no idea. Uh, over the years, I, I sort of studied this more and more. Uh, and in 2017, I really earnestly got into the into the space. I uh, published my first book, which was in German, and which is a kind of FAQ type uh, overview of the technology and uh, legal and tax aspects. Uh, and then in in uh, in 2020, I, I did this uh, gargantuan uh, exercise in in, uh, in editing this 740 page book on crypto taxation in 40 countries, which took a few months and. Um, yeah, and since then, uh, crypto taxation uh, has become more and more uh, relevant for me also professionally. So before that, it was more sort of a, a hobby, uh, a pastime, an interesting thing to explore. Uh, but now it is becoming uh, more and more uh, something that I can that I can hope to earn my living with. And I mean, obviously, your background is you're a tax lawyer. So how do you find that the financial services, legal professionals, what what is their level of understanding in terms of crypto assets? assets and what's actually behind them. It, it's quite intimidating, to be frank. I just thought it'd be interesting to see what's your perspective on that. Yeah, I mean, th these are two really complex topics, taxation on the one hand and crypto on the other hand. And uh, the problem that I see is that most people dealing with crypto have no idea of tax and most people dealing with tax have no idea of crypto. And, and you see that all the time. I mean, uh, I'm active in all sorts of forums and telegram groups and on Reddit and I don't know what. Uh, and people are asking, so crypto investors are asking all sorts of questions that show that they have no idea uh, how what they're doing is going to be taxed. And on the other hand, I mean, there was just just a few uh, days ago, 
the German Ministry of Finance published a draft um, type of guidance or interpretation letter uh, dealing with the taxation of various uh, crypto topics. And it revealed also very superficial technical understanding. So you could see that they're really uh, grappling with the whole technology and, and trying to come to terms with all of this. So there's, I think, a very small number of people who, uh, who sort of bridge uh, both areas and who are, who are really uh, sort of well-versed in both uh, crypto and in, in taxation. You need to understand both, otherwise... It's, it's really a mess. Yeah, you'd be at risk. And this is, I guess, one area where you will definitely be able to add value. You've recently run the Wolfless um, Crypto Academy. So it'd be interesting to hear a bit more about how that's been going and, and what you feel the reception has been in terms of the content that you've been educating people with. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, 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 a, it's a bold adventure. And I started this in, in uh, December of 2020 and did it for the third time already. Uh, so this Wolf Ties uh, Crypto Academy is a kind of um, educational project. It's a 16-hour course covering uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, DeFi, and investing. So it's uh, four sessions of four hours each. It's very intense. Uh, people are very fatigued after doing this, mm -hmm. but they're also very happy because uh, it opens a window into a new world. And I have received uh, fantastic reviews and fantastic feedback. So the last time I did it, I got 4.8 uh, stars out of five. So people really enjoyed it. And uh, I think the, the most interesting part of the whole course is, is DeFi because it's such a crazy and wild area. And of, uh, Bitcoin seems to most people in the meantime quite conservative and <laughs> seems to be sort of a quite state and quite uh, somehow maybe not super stable, but a bit of a uh, more stable uh, asset class. Uh, DeFi is, is like crazy and, and people are just fascinated what is going on there. The pace of innovation, uh, how things are being replicated from centralized finance in this, in this area of decentralized finance. So yeah, I mean, the academy has been uh, quite a success and I think it, it helped our clients to, to understand this space better to sort of get a bit of feeling what is going on. Are you going to be running another one soon then? You've already run three. Have you another one scheduled? Yes, I'm, I'm planning to do this regularly. So I think the next one is probably going to take place in, in maybe January of 2022, maybe twice a year. So would be the, the schedule that I'm aiming at. And in terms of your existing client base, I presume quite a few of them being high net worth individuals. Have they been expressing more of an interest then in adding uh, or looking at investing into crypto assets be now than they would have before the pandemic? Yeah, um, I mean, th 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 that's a good question. I personally am sort of in this tax field dealing uh, a lot with high net worth individuals and family offices. And I see that there's a growing interest in investing in this new asset class. However, it's not like a stampede and it will certainly take a bit of time. Today, we're joined by Niklas Schmidt. He is one of Austria's leading international tax lawyers, and he's got a strong focus on private clients and wealth. Nicholas has been heading Wolf, this a leading law firm that's listed in Chambers, Legal 500, the Who's Who Legal, International Tax Review, Practical Law, JUV, amongst others. Nicholas' areas of expertise include international tax, private clients, foundations or trusts, and crypto assets or blockchains. He also hosts a crypto academy, which explains all the aspects of crypto and blockchain in terms that lawyers, investors, and advisors can grasp. Nicholas is also the author and editor of several books on tax and digital assets.
My personal opinion is that uh, uh, Bitcoin is an interesting uh, long-term investment, so I'm very bullish about Bitcoin. Uh, in the medium and short term, obviously, there's a lot of fluctuation, a lot of volatility. Uh, you saw that with Elon Musk's uh, tweet, which sent down the, uh, the the crypto asset price quite dramatically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I think that, uh, uh, that we still have to wait a bit until family offices, high net worth individuals, etc., uh, get on this trend and and, and uh, sort of invest on us. And in terms of the volatility, obviously, at the beginning of the year, it was a big surge. Um, crypto assets like um, Bitcoin were on the up and currently seems to be that there's loads of major headlines, China banning miners, etc. So that will probably create some apprehension from those that had started to dip their toes in the water of, of investing in these assets. Yeah, sure. There are always uh, people who invest at the absolutely wrong point in time and then they're, uh, they're, um, they're angry and maybe leave the field. Uh, but there's also the other side. There, there are lots of people who invested exactly at the right point in time. So I just had a, a client uh, in, in the office a few days ago who said that uh, his friend had invested in this absolutely ludicrous uh, dog-themed uh, crypto asset, uh, Shiba Inu. And uh, the, the friend had invested, uh, I think it was 25,000 euros, which had increased to 20 million euros. Uh, but the friend did not sell in time. Uh, the price crashed, and the friend uh, now has four million euros. So, so this is the, this is an example of of somebody who uh, who did the timing wrong, but still still uh, made an incredible amount of money and to pay tax on this. <laughs> so there are always there are always people who are, uh, who get the timing right, and people who get the timing wrong. Uh, on on average, it probably evens out somehow. Yes, I think the painful part of that is having watched it hit twenty million and then be upset that you've only got four million. So um, yeah, I, I was asking myself, is that guy happy or, or sad? I mean, probably both. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> and uh, on the note of tax as well, um, what would you say are the key tax considerations then for these new genre of, of affluent uh, individuals? So what are the key considerations for cryptocurrency millionaires? Yeah, I mean, I think wherever uh, crypto millionaires are living, in whichever country they are residing, uh, the, the state of play of crypto taxation is pretty much the same. Uh, what this means is that the, the laws do not specifically, do not explicitly address uh, crypto assets. So you have to somehow uh, apply existing laws to this new phenomenon. Uh, secondly, there is not a lot of guidance by the authorities. Some of, of the guidance is um, possibly wrong or misleading. Um, the, the guidance typically is three years behind. So it deals with something that happened uh, that was en vogue in, let's say, uh, 2018, for example. Uh, so very often the guidance deals with trading and mining and IPOs. That's it. But it does not deal with staking, with uh, DeFi, with NFTs. So the more modern, uh, the more sort of uh, current things happening in the crypto space are normally not uh, not mentioned in, in guidance. So the authorities are playing a game of catching up, uh, are a bit behind. And um, obviously some countries are a bit better at the game, others are, are worse. Uh, but uh, even the larger, more sophisticated countries like the US, for example, do not, do not have a, a sort of a, a comprehensive uh, guidance issue dealing with, with crypto assets. 
And in terms then of the tax treatment of crypto asset trading and then holding this uh, wealth, what jurisdictions would you say then are, are more favorable toward cryptocurrency millionaires right now? Yeah, there, there are lots of people asking whether they're in the right country, whether they should move um, uh, to, to a different country that is more favorable for the crypto uh, asset trading, for example, or other types of crypto asset transactions. And there are a few countries which do not tax capital gains. So Switzerland is, is uh, very often mentioned in this respect. Although in Switzerland, you have wealth tax and that, uh, that could be, uh, that could be a factor that has to be taken into consideration. There are, of course, a number of, of, uh, low or no tax countries, uh, countries which do not have any, uh, any income tax or which do not impose an income tax on certain types of residents. So people maybe that, uh, that have moved to that country. I mean, Italy has this special regime where you pay a lump sum of, of, of 100,000 euros and, uh, and don't, uh, no sort of tax on any, any of your income. So this is the only tax that you pay. So if you have a very high, uh, recurring gains, uh, then these, these all will all be covered by this one, uh, uh 100,000 euro tax payment. I mean, the UK has the, uh, has its sort of special regime, the resident Dondom regime. Malta and Cyprus have similar regimes. In Portugal, you have a regime, the non-habitual resident regime, which uh, also seems to work quite well. So th there are many, many uh, countries, and it's not that one sort of one country is the ideal country. It really depends on what you're doing, where you want to live, uh, what uh, what uh, what the tax rules are for other types of income that you might also possibly have, uh, what double taxation treaty exists. So there's a lot of things that have to be considered if if you're thinking of choosing a tax efficient jurisdiction. Yeah, not a one size fits all makes makes sense. And and in terms of the latest news, obviously with a, a lot of these uh, Latin American jurisdictions uh, mentioning their their interest in making Bitcoin legal tender. So El Salvador being the first one. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's definitely a publicity stunt, and uh, El Salvador has gained a lot of uh, a lot of news coverage uh, by by virtue of introducing. Bitcoin is legal tender. Uh, the question is whether it would not have been better actually to, to take a US dollar denominated stable coin, uh, or, or maybe several US uh, denominated stable coins. I, I hope that this experiment, which is definitely bold, that this does not backfire, that El Salvador does not, um, uh, retreat from this, which would be very bad news, uh, for, for, for Bitcoin. El Salvador in general is just a typical Latin American country. Uh, Latin America is, is, is a huge mess. Uh, lots of, uh, I would say decades of, of, of wrong politics, uh, uh, that are backfiring. And uh, yeah, uh, if, if people, some, some people are thinking of moving to El Salvador, it's a bit of a hype, I would say, but I would definitely not recommend this. It's just not a stable country. And, um, uh, I think there are other options out there that are a lot more, more, more secure. Yeah, that makes sense. Nicholas, thank you so much for joining in today on this conversation and, uh, shedding your insights as well. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on. Super. Thank you very much, Lorena. It was uh, great uh, speaking to you. Thank you. And Nicholas, just uh, before we wrap up, perhaps if you could let listeners know where is the best place to find you in the online space or where you could be reached. Yeah, uh, you can reach me uh, most conveniently on LinkedIn. Uh, so uh, my name is Nicholas Schmidt. And if you if you type in my name, you will easily find me. I do a lot of uh, posting on on tax and crypto related topics there. So if you, if you follow me, then, then we can stay in touch in, in that manner. That sounds great. Thank you, Nicholas, again, and have a great rest of the day ahead. Super. Thanks, Lorena. Take care.
If you enjoyed this episode, then please share the link with colleagues or peers or subscribe on our website to our industry publication that is issued once a month where we publish content that's focused exclusively around international tax, investment migration and private wealth. As a media and marketing firm, we offer content publishing, industry specific content writing, media and press promotion, social media management and advertising services for our B2B clients. Thank you.